Hey, it's Nikki, and this is your Monday Motivation. This is your bite-sized snack of inspiration to start your week right. And today we're going to talk about food restriction. Is it good? Is it not so good? Well, first of all, we can put this under the category of ever confusing aspects of nutrition and training. We could also talk about whether body fat is problematic or not, whether training to change your body is making you a poster child for diet culture. It's really confusing and it's really challenging for me as a personal trainer. And in the past, I've taken kind of the easy route, which is I've been a lot more hardcore and fairly intolerant of, say, the body positivity movement. But I spent most of 2022, no, all of 2022, following hundreds of body positivity influences and intuitive eating dietitians and nutritionists and flexible eating advocates. So my feed on Insta, so isn't that an ironic word? My feed on Insta was full of people who advocated a totally different viewpoint to my own, different attitudes, different philosophies. And it was fantastic for me to be forced to open my mind where sometimes I'd read somebody's post and just think, oh, that is absolutely wrong. And I'd have to really question, why is this so triggering for me? And why is my attitude right? And why do I feel theirs is wrong? And maybe the actual answer is lies somewhere between the two of us. So before we talk about restriction, let's talk about a couple of things that I do really feel are, are correct and proven by science. So first of all, this is something we hear all of the time and I want to clear it up. Diets don't work. So we know that in terms of short-term restrictive diets, about 97% of the time, people fail at maintaining fat loss long-term. And my goodness, the body posi movement has taken the stat and they run with it. It's, it's, it's a very strong core belief of what they do. So let's let's tidy this up a little bit. First of all, when we say diets, we are not referring to long-term sustainable change because long-term sustainable change that you make by tidying up your nutrition and by training in a way that you can hopefully train till you're 95, that works. That works. If you listen to any of Coach Canning, our nutritionist podcast, what becomes really apparent very quickly is she does not want you living in restriction permanently. And in fact, a big part of her job is often bringing up calories for clients and reverse dieting them out of a state that they have put themselves in by tying into diet culture and restricting and restricting more and restricting more and restricting more until they're living on say 1,200 calories permanently. And first of all, that's a horrible place to live. Secondly, when you are eating with calories that low, there's no way you can bring them any lower. So when you do need to lose body fat, you've got nowhere to go. So a big part of Steph's job is getting clients up from that very, very low base, getting to that point where they're eating far more food than they've ever eaten. And bizarrely, what often happens at that point is they actually start losing body fat anyway, 
I don't, I don't quite know why that is, but they do. Maybe it's the thermogenic effect of food. Maybe when we eat more food, we naturally move more because we feel good and we feel more energy. But a big part of her job is actually getting you out of restriction. So no, you're right. Short-term diets of major restriction do not work, but long-term sustainable change does. So what I would say to you is for heaven's sake, if you are trying to lose body fat, don't do it on your own because you will not do it right. Get an expert to help you. My second point is that a lot of excess body fat, despite what the body posi movement says, it is not ideal. There are thousands, literally thousands of research papers identifying a very strong link between excess body fat and health conditions. So type 2 diabetes, coronary heart disease, stroke, cancers of the breast, colon, rectum, esophagus, kidneys, ovaries, pancreas. An analysis of 17 cross-sectional studies showed that people who are obese were more likely to have depression than people of healthy weight. Now, this is an interesting one. And I think that this then becomes a case of part of that depression may be because it's due to sociocultural issues. It's very, very hard being an obese or, or very overweight person in our society, which is really ironic given we live in a society that makes it extremely easy to become overweight or obese. So it's like an endless cycle. <laughs> and, you know, when we live in, a, in an obesogenic society, it is extremely difficult to be lean. And yet that is what we revere. We know that. I know that as a personal trainer, it is not easy. I could keep going on with multiple health problems affected by obesity, reproductive issues, lung function, including sleep apnea, memory, cognitive function, and musculoskeletal issues, such as osteoarthritis of the knee and hip. So with obese patients, we know that they account for a third of all joint replacement operations. Here's the great news. We know that losing even 5 to 10% of body weight can make a massive difference in terms of gaining meaningful health benefits, even if you never have the quintessential bikini body or six-pack. You can still make a really big difference to your outcomes. I also want to say that generally as humans, we are not motivated by scary health statistics like the ones I've just suggested. It's a bit like parenting. Rewarding good behavior and ignoring bad behavior tends to be the better way to go. So, and this, as I understand, is a big part of the intuitive eating approach. So, because we know that one of the issues with restrictive eating, which is really the point of this podcast, is it can have the opposite effect. We feel restricted, we feel angry and deprived. Hey, I should be able to eat whatever I like. This sucks. And what do we do? We revolt. And in terms of restriction with food, the, the revolting means we binge or we revenge eat, which by the way, hurts nobody but ourselves. But anyway, we revenge eat on chippies or whatever we want to eat on. And, you know, it, it becomes, again, that cycle of yo-yo dieting. So here are a couple of tips. I'm going to say it again. Work with an expert. Work with a nutritionist. 
any restriction that you do have needs to be as small as possible to elicit still a slight decrease in body fat, which is one of the reasons we we talk about, you know, not wanting to make massive changes quickly. So do it as small as possible, just so that you do notice still a decrease in body fat or a decrease in scale weight. Personally, I prefer to talk about body fat than weight, but to elicit a decrease. And how do we work out what's the right amount to decrease? I'm going to go back to point one, work with a nutritionist. Okay. With restriction, there are often rules tied up with this as well. So if you have particular things that you always do that tend to derail your results, creating some rules around those can be super beneficial. So if you know, for example, that having peanut butter in your house, which is a really high calorie, yummy thing, if you know that a teaspoon on a piece of whatever, toast, a crumpet, you can't do that, that you're going to have at least a tablespoon, then maybe taking the peanut butter out for a while and reintroducing it when you've created some really good habits and you're getting some results and you know that you can you can control yourself a little better with that particular food item, that's fine. You can say, you know what, as I'm undertaking this new work with my nutritionist, I'm not going to have peanut butter in the house. For other people, it might be chocolate. I've worked with lots of clients who say, I just cannot have chocolate in the house because I know I will not stop at two squares. I will eat the entire block. So that's fine. Don't have it. It's okay. For others, it might you might have a rule like, I don't eat standing up because in the past, that was how I binged. I would stand at the kitchen bench and I would lose control standing up, eating an entire loaf of bread and butter and jam at the kitchen bench. So it might be triggering for you to continue that particular position. That's fine. Take it out until you do have the control or maybe take it out permanently. For me, one of my food food rules is I always put food on a plate. So I don't stand up on the bench. I like to eat mindfully. So I will, whatever I'm having, if it's raisin toast or whatever, I will put it on a plate and I will go and sit down at the dining table and I will eat it and I'll actually think about what I'm eating. Um, Another good rule might be I don't always automatically eat the kids' leftovers because it's something that I see mums or dads tend to do quite quite mindlessly. They don't, we're, we're brought up to not waste food. And so it's just like, yep, I'll just finish that off. You know, it just saves me put it in the bin. Another one might be, I don't stand with the fridge door open, looking in the fridge. I, I need to catch myself doing that because why am I doing that? Maybe it's just because I'm bored. One of my favorite food rules for myself is I'm really mindful if I say bake a cake and I take it to somebody's for dinner, if they offer me the leftovers to bring home, I always say no. And the reason for that is I know myself too well. And I know that the next day I'll be having a cup of coffee in the morning and I'll have a little sliver of cake. And I'll have a cup of tea at lunchtime and I'll have a little sliver of cake. And then I'll do the same thing mid-afternoon, little sliver of cake. And by the end of the evening, it's like, where did the cake go? And I know where the cake went. So to save myself from myself, I don't bring the cake home because I know I'll eat it. Oh, anyway, so having some rules can actually be quite liberating because they give you some boundaries. But hey, you do you, boo. For some people, 
having zero rules can be freeing and that is absolutely fine as well. So let's, to paraphrase, there are no rules about rules. So go forth, have a wonderful Monday, be a bright light in someone's day-to-day, set your intention for the day and absolutely rock it and may your week be a cinch. This has been a Suckerfish Media production. Subscribe now for Find Your Fierce with Nikki Alice.